Well, I'm excited today. We did reach our, our Pakistan goal, as Gary just shared. Um, we raised our funds to, to go and to do the crusade in Pakistan. But if you still want to participate, you're more than welcome because the more funds we have, the more Bibles we can give away, the more food we can help with, and clothing. One third of the nation of Pakistan experienced a flood. They wiped, it wiped out their crops, their livestock, their homes, and they're in desperate need. And so uh, if you want to help, we, we're, we need more Bibles and we need more food and clothing to be able to help, help the Pakistani people. And today I'm very excited because one of the pastors that invited me to go with them to Pakistan, Renee Duncan, is with us. And she's going to come and she's going to share about the crusade and what God's been doing there. She's already been to Pakistan twice and her husband Jim Duncan, most of you know Jim. Um, Jim is also going to be with us. And uh, so we're just believing God for great and wonderful things. Amen. So I want you to give a great summit welcome to Renee as she comes to speak this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mel. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with all of you and with Melinda. You guys are blessed to have a wonderful team, both in Mitch and all the rest of you. I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, I'll tell you what, I love having great worship, but it really undoes me. Anybody else, does it just kind of make you melt a little bit when great worship happens? Am I the only one that that does? Well, I am thankful that the worship in this house is a bondage-breaking worship. Because there are those of you here today that are operating under a type of bondage. And the Lord wants you to know he came to set you free from the power of sin and darkness. And to bring to you his marvelous, his glorious light. And I'm reminded of one of the lines in uh, the song, one of the songs she sang last Mitch, and that was, I give you all I am, or I have all of that I am is yours. And I felt like the Lord was saying for you to understand all that he is, is yours. All. Every aspect of his glory, his marvelous power, and what he wants to do in our lives is yours. When we press in to know him in the way that he desires us to know him. And once we check into his presence, we will never have the opportunity to check out. Because he involves himself in our lives. It has been a while since I've been able to be with you here and I counted a great joy to do so. And I'm going to step out in faith right now. Uh, because although the Lord has used me in operating in gifts of healing, it is not something that I operate in on a regular basis. But as we were in worship, I felt like the Lord was saying that there was someone here who struggles with an ulcer. And that God wants to heal you today. Is there anyone in the house that struggles with an ulcer? Did I not hear him correctly? Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you for responding, because it can get pretty scary. Would you join me right now? We're going to believe that God is going to heal this ulcer and that he's going to reveal his presence to you today. 
And I'm going to ask the Lord that he will give you a physical manifestation today at some point to show you that he has worked in your body. Would you join me, please? We come before you. We thank you, glorious King, that you love us and you grant to us the privileges of your Son, the privileges of your presence. We thank you for the healing power, Jesus, that you gave to us because of your death and resurrection. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for saturating our place now and bringing forth healing power. In the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I bind up that ulcer and I command it by the name of Jesus to shrivel and to disappear. I pray, Father, that you release upon her body the feeling and the understanding that you are at work in her today. Lord, if she does not know you, I pray that today will be a day of understanding. Uh, today would be a day of entering in with you in partnership in life. Shurabasi, we thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We declare you healer God. You are the way maker, the miracle worker. We glorify you, Jesus. In your precious and heavenly name, amen. Please let pastor know. Praise God. Like I said, when you guys do great worship, it's disaster for me. Ah. All right. As Pastor Melt said, yes, I have been ministering to Pakistan. Now, some of you may be asking the question, which I did, why Pakistan? You've got to be kidding me, God. Pakistan? That would never have been on my radar in 10 zillion years, especially since when I was 19 years old, there was a Pakistani man who threatened to rape me. But God, in his mercy and grace, not only protected me, but he prevented me from giving ground to fear or offense towards that man, towards that nation. Because we can do that very easily, can't we? At 19, I came into contact with my first Pakistani. And then you fast forward many, many years. I've always had a heart for missions, ever since a little, little girl. And I've served the Lord since I was six years old. And there was one year in 1979, our church, much smaller than yours, would meet every single year to celebrate bringing in the new year. As we did, we would have a whole night prayer and praise meeting and a little bit of food. Actually, probably a whole lot of food. And it was during one of those moments prior to taking communion that as I stood there with my communion elements, I knew that I was to commit fully to whatever the Lord wanted, wherever he wanted me to go. And so I did. And as the years progressed, the Lord opened the door for me to be able to go to many nations, more than most probably, but it just was not meeting that need of my heart because it just burned inside of me. And I would get frustrated so many times because it became a dream of mine. And you know how dreams are. They center in your spirit and you want them to be manifested or come 
to place quickly. We're not into patience, are we? If, is there someone here that's really into patience? I, I just want to make sure, because if you are, I probably need to hang out with you a little bit. We're not into patience. We want instantaneous gratification. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be spiritual or it can be physical. We want it. And we demand it many, many times. So there was oftentimes I would have a disagreement with God, an argument with him, along the lines of, Lord, you told me I get to do this. Why haven't I gotten to do it? And, Lord, it's been too long. When is it going to happen? Oh, Lord, this isn't good enough. I want more. Which there's nothing wrong with wanting more. We're to do that. However, the attitude of the heart can make a big difference of what that means. As I was driving here this morning, uh, the Lord spoke something to my spirit. And I believe it's for a few of you here today. You feel like your dream has been lost, that it has been forgotten and unfulfilled. But the Lord wants you to know it's just waiting for you to participate. Many times we think that our dreams, the visions, the prophecies the Lord gives to us, that we have to do nothing and they will happen. But God partners with us through the power of the Holy Spirit to go towards the fulfillment of those words, those dreams, those visions, the scripture in our lives. And if you are in a place today where you feel like your dream has been smashed, forgotten, demolished, or it can never be fulfilled, I challenge you to find ways to partner with that dream in the place that you are. There are mothers here today that you struggle because you are at home all the time with the children. You feel like you never have space to yourself. It's just a moment in time. Find ways to speak into your spirit. There are men here today that you are in a job that you hate, but you do it because you know you are expected to, and there's things that you desire to do and have fulfilled in your own life. And the Lord says, take time to partner with me. Find ways to dig into what that dream is. Build yourself up. Encourage yourself. Find ways to cause growth to happen. So in my own life, when dreams like this get into that place of lack of activity, frustration rises. And God and I have a lot of conversations. I hope that I'm not the only one on that because that would be really, really embarrassing. But at one point, I'm sitting in my office and I was complaining to the Lord once again. It seems to be a common practice in my life. And... I opened up my Facebook, and here on May 5th, 2011, was a picture of a man requesting to be his friend. Now, he was from Pakistan. My initial reaction was, nah, I don't need to do that. But it kept popping up and kept popping up. And finally I thought, oh, this is the beginning of Facebook, remember? how it didn't matter who you had as your friends, you didn't have to worry about it. So I went ahead and accepted it, and I immediately received a phone call. And in broken English, he said, Sister, I see you're a follower of Christ. Would you pray with me? This started a process of almost daily where he would call at the beginning of my workday, and we would pray, him and his 
Pakistan language and me and mine, and a couple of broken Englishes along the way. As this progressed, he started putting pressure upon me, and I didn't like it because it was in a manner that I was not familiar with. He kept saying, Mom, please, would you do a video of a salvation message? If you will do a video of a salvation message, I will take it into the villages, and we will be, bring people to Christ together. And I'm thinking, yeah, no, I don't know how to do that. I've, I, that that's not me. That's my youth director, right? That's somebody else. That's not me. But as they tend to be very persistent, he kept at it and kept at it. One day I was just fed up, and I grabbed my, probably my iPhone too, who knows, back then. And I ran downstairs in the church, and I propped it up the best as I could and hit the video and did the most boring presentation of the good news gospel of Jesus Christ you could possibly imagine. Embarrassingly so. To the point there's no way on God's green earth I'd let you see it. It was slow because I knew it would have to be interpreted, right? And I sent it over to him, basically to get him off my back. Well, pretty soon, this came across Facebook. Greetings, dear mom. Excited to share the powerful news with you. Team reached to the village, and I'm not going to tell you the name. And people there in that area were mostly don't believe on Lord. And as team reached there, and they go door to door to invite the people to come to see the movie. But as team was doing worship, people started coming in. And after worship team played video of teaching, preaching, more than 49 people gave their heart to Jesus. And people were crying and were repenting before the Lord. We are so excited to see the glory of the Lord. So let me ask you this. If I had refused, what would have happened to those 49 people? We do not always know the purposes, the plans, the methods, and the means by which God is going to reveal his glory to the nations. But he is looking to every single one of you in the house today be that part, that moving piece that is needed to reveal Jesus, whether it is in your backyard or in a country far away. A few years later, he sent me, he would give me updates continuously as to this village and that village. The 200th village, the count was 40,000 salvations. Give God the glory. 40,000. This had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the parts that God had put into place, connecting together to make the wheel move. Each of us are needed. I am reminded of Peter and John. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. And I'm going to ask you, would you stand with me as I read this to you, please? 
We're going to start with verse 1 and go through verse 10. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. He knew a good thing when he saw it. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive from them, right? Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately, not later, not in a few months, not in a couple of hours, but immediately, the suddenly occurred. Praise God. His feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew, say that with me, knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. May God bless the reading of the word. You may be seated. I really struggled with what to bring with you today because all these things were dropping into my spirit, and unfortunately, when you're a little prophetic, that kind of happens. And the Lord just said, listen, just be simple for a change. <laughs> so you're getting the simple version. Um, you could probably say thank you, Jesus, if you wanted to. Uh, but when I look at this scripture, immediately I, am, I think of one specific thing. And that is that this man was looking to people of God he may not have known the fullness of what was standing in front of him, but he knew that this, these two men had something that could help him. And he wanted it and he needed it, so he asked. There are people all over the world that they can come into the presence of God, but they don't know what they're coming into. They don't know even how to to receive what they're feeling, stirring their spirit. Did you, you probably know this, but thousands of Muslim people are coming to Christ around the world as a result of God showing himself to them in visions. Do you know how incredible that is? They don't have the knowledge. They don't have Bibles everywhere, churches on every corner. They have no access to this. But yet God shows up in the form of Jesus, in visions and dreams to them so that he can draw them back to the Father. Because our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of receiving all who are willing to come to him. He wishes and desires that none perish, that all come to repentance. But there are thousands and millions of people, not only in our country, but in places like Pakistan, 
They want to, but they don't know how to. How will they know without you telling them? How will they know without you sending us to share? How will they know? God, in his infinite wisdom, uses every avenue available in order to reveal his goodness to these people that are saying, please, I need, I need. Peter and John were standing before him, and being disciples, I'm sure they didn't have a lot of money. And Peter looked down, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, he says, I don't have that. I don't have the money that you're desiring for me to give you to meet a physical need, a need that will be needed again in a few seconds, in a few hours, a few minutes. But what I do have, I will give. What I do have. You know, oftentimes, we will focus on, I don't have, fill in the blank. God will come to us. He'll whisper to our heart and say, do this for me. Partner with me on this. Come into my presence, and you and I will do great and mighty things together in the area I have placed you. But what do we do? We doubt. Automatically, we doubt that we can do it. Believe me, I told you, I doubted whether or not I could even push the right button on my silly little phone. I didn't know if I would be filming it and it would be part of my lower mouth and the rest of it would be cut off. I didn't know because that was not something that I did. I doubted my ability. But you know, when we doubt our ability, who are we really doubting? We are doubting the creator of the universe. Because if he has spoken into us these things, he is more than able, more than willing to fulfill that in us as we partner with him to walk it out. We can't walk out in strength if we're walking in doubt. We have to demolish the doubt. The other thing that we do oftentimes is we diminish who God made us to be. Oh, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a grandma. I'm just a grandpa. All I can do is just kind of move around a little bit and shuffle. There's nothing more I can do. Talk to Abraham and Sarah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not that old and had babies. That's all I can say. <laughs> you are never too old to create new life. Never too old to create new life. We diminish the power of God in ourselves a lot of times out of the fact that we do not want to be troubled with shifting into a new arena. We debate with God. God, I won't be accepted. I'll be made fun of. They don't want me. They want such and such. I don't walk in this kind of anointing. I'm not like Pastor Milt who can put his hand on your head and you go, boom, down, you're out. You know, it, I'm not like that. But God doesn't want you to be like anybody other than he wants you to be. You don't need to be like somebody else. You need to be like him. You need to be like him. 
Because the more we become like him, the more his glory is seen in us and through us. And people are drawn to that light. They know you're different. Don't diminish, don't turn down the light that is found in you. Raise it to the next level. Be willing to step out. Peter says, I don't have that, but I do have this. Faith steps up and we step out when we grab hold of the understanding of what we do have. Who are you? What has he gifted you with? What is he pouring into you? What is he developing in you? So you're terrified to be a, a life leader. Guess what? Everybody's terrified at some time or other. If you're not, then we probably need to have a talk. But you have something deposited in you that will help someone. So use what you have. And don't be fearful. He gives us skills. He gives us talents. He deposits anointings on us. And sometimes those are anointings are for the second that it's needed. Other times it's a walking full anointing that you just move in on a regular basis. The Bible tells us that we are all born with distinct talents and gifts that set us apart from each other. We are not clones we are not made to be clones. What we are made to be is an echo of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need to be an echo. Hello. We see Jesus. He says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. He is echoing the words of the Father. And that's all God wants us to do is echo his words. Be willing to speak them out. Be willing to live them out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 5 through 6 says this. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. You may be different from somebody else, but he remains the same today forever. Amen? There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone. Say that. Everyone. It is the same God at work. The same God. He's working in you that works in me. Because I'm up here does not mean that you're anything lesser. Does not mean I'm anything greater. It means I'm operating in the calling and the anointing that he has placed upon me for now. That's what it means. He's the same God in me that he is in you. You can pray for people to be healed. They can be healed. You can reveal the truth of the gospel to somebody. They can receive. You can be the light in the darkness. And there's great darknesses, darkness <laughs> in places like Pakistan. It is an ancient seat. Do you know that they have one of the oldest places documented in the world? Over 6,000 years old? 6,000 years old. They have a civilization that was operating as a city. And when there is an ancient seat, there is ancient demonic dominions that we have to stand against and do battle to bring down. Every mountain bring down and every valley raised up. Amen? And we do that 
by allowing ourselves to be exposed to the opportunities, to participating, to assisting, to helping in these kind of opportunities, to reveal the goodness of the Lord to everyone that all may come to salvation that desires it. Belief in God will equip who he calls, and the Holy Spirit power will enable you to do what is needed. There are things I've done in my life I would have never imagined I would do. Not in a million years. Never in a hundred, never. Anyway. Um, and the Holy Spirit being present is what opened up the door and quickened my spirit to partner with him to have it done. I've seen blind eyes healed. I've seen deaf ears completely unstopped and hurt. When I was in Pakistan the first time, we landed at like 1.30 a.m., and I thought we would have at least 12 hours to relax. I'm just warning you in advance. And we, we had like a three-hour nap time, got up, and immediately got thrown into things, and my host says, uh, Pastor John, the one that started this whole thing 11 years ago, he says, um, you're preaching at a crusade tonight. And I'm like, I'm what? I'm not ready for that. Because I knew what size crusades they would be. They could be anywhere from three to 100,000 people that would come to these crusades. So I'm frantically praying, oh, dear Lord, what do I preach on? What do I preach on? My brain's all fuzzy from being lack of sleep for 36 hours. You know, the discomfort of the ugly chairs on the plane. I mean, just everything. And I heard the Lord say to me, speak on the man whose friends dropped him through the roof. The lame man. You know, he was on the mat, right? So I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. It's only 15 minutes. I can... Talk your ear off for 15 minutes, no problem. We get there, and there is like, I think, 12 to 13,000 people. And I, I preach, bring the word. They allow for people to come forward to give testimony if they accepted Christ or if they were healed. And this one man walked on the stage, and of course, I can't understand anything they're saying. I'm just sitting there smiling. Yeah, yeah. I hope they'll tell me later. And I turned to my interpreter. I said, what is he saying? And this was his words. He said, I heard there was to be a meeting today of this Jesus man. And I called my friends and asked them to carry me to the meeting because I am bedridden and unable to walk. God saved him. God healed him. He walked on his own off the mat onto the stage. God whispered that story to me to share. I almost changed it because it seemed too simple. But what would have happened if I had? Here was a man who literally was the epitome of what was Scripture, with the exception of coming through the roof. That's the only difference. God's looking for people that are willing to give what they have 
to do what he asks, to align with his spirit, with his purpose, his plan. That's what he's looking for. And when we are willing to do that with whatever is small as well as what is ever big, we will have the ride of our life and we will be encouraged and we will be built up and we will face challenges. That happens. Zechariah says that, did I already read Zechariah? Okay, thank you. I'm trying to balance the time and everything. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 tells us this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, you know this verse, right? Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. When the spirit of God is in the picture, there is no photograph that cannot be taken. He is a working, miracle-working God. And he desires to work with you in all things. I'm almost to the end here. Isaiah chapter 43, 18 through 19 is a favorite scripture of mine. Because I think and I feel that it's God speaking to us today. That we need to grab hold of this and really consider what it means. It tells us this. Do not remember the former things. We tend to do that. We lock and load to where the way things were before, whether it's worship, preaching style, church style, chairs versus pews, clothing, um, foods that we eat, you know, the desire to have a move of God like Azusa, which we should desire that, but, but we, we can't focus on the former things. They're the old things. We need to focus on what God's bringing now. Do not remember the for, former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, look forth, look at. I am doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It is easy for us as followers of Christ to become so comfortable in our Christian existence the church that we worship in, the way that we study the Bible, the way we live our lives in the workplace, the way we treat each other, that we negate the fact God is calling us to a new thing. That new thing is his moving. We pray all the time for a great awakening to hit. Well, spoiler alert, there's a great awakening hitting. Just because it's not here does not mean it isn't happening. Thousands, millions are coming to Christ in places like China, in places like Malaysia, in places like Pakistan, in places like India, Africa. We must Speak it as it is happening to walk in alignment with his purpose, his plan, his calling, his methods, his manners. As we walk in agreement with this, then all of a sudden we are in a great awakening because our spirits have become open to him and what he is doing. Our eyes now can see do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? I am moving.
15, says the Lord, get in motion with me. I am moving. When we recognize that there are souls that are in the wilderness of spirit and they need the rivers of life, we become a part of that, of opening the floodgates. God is on the move. He is on the move. And what they are experiencing now in Pakistan, multi-millions coming to Christ, you too can experience. You too can know that rush of the presence of God to, to break away from that comfort zone and push into the unknown. Because when we step into the unknown, it relies on us to trust him in ways that we have not forced ourselves to trust him. I'd like to read to you something in preparation for closing. And I read it because half the time I don't remember what I say. It's a good thing something's taped. <laughs> I believe that the Lord wants many of you to receive this concept. It's time to ditch the comfort zone. We are not made to, to live at McDonald's. Physically, spiritually, we are made to eat from the finest restaurants of heaven. And if you think about it, when you're eating at McDonald's, you're just getting junk. It lays in your belly for days, they've proven, right? But, and you eat a lot. But it's not fulfilling your spiritual hunger, that concept. It's only when you go to the richest place and eat of the finest cuisine that you only need a little bit, that it satisfies the hunger of the Spirit. A little bit. Neil Donald Walsh once said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Refusing to leave what's comfortable and resisting flexibility stunts our spiritual growth and blinds our spiritual eyes. God is calling us to alter our comfort zones in this new season and respond to the Holy Spirit. Gone is the luxury to do the things the way we have always done them, to make one slow move at a time. God wants us to know his character through intimacy with him. And as we do, we respond in an instant to his beckoning when we know him in intimately and we know his word closely. We will recognize his voice instantly. Are you having a hard time recognizing his voice? Then it's time to push in intimately. God is giving us assignments uniquely designed to match this new era. They will be different. They will stretch us. They will require trust. They will require obedience. They will require flexibility and immediate response. Not the, yeah, I'll think about it. If we're quick to answer, the Holy Spirit will engulf us in a moving comfort zone of his own creation. Know me, know my character, know my word, know my voice, and obey it. As you step out, I will confirm each step.
The ministry to Pakistan has magnified in such capacity, it boggles my mind. The children's program that I'm now doing on TV, we have over 8,000 salvations in a year. We are going into the living rooms of Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jesus is being seen. There are TV stations being planted all over where the gospel of Christ, even from here, is being preached to that nation. The station that I work with, Mr. John, the one that I started 11, you know, 11 years ago, is now reaching 180 plus nations. And this one children's program is almost 6 million viewers. In our vernacular of today, we would say that's an influencer, right? Would we? But I am nothing without the influence of the Holy Spirit, the great influencer of all time that knows you. I invite you to not just stop at being a part of getting Pastor Milt there. Partner with us so that we can bring forth the crusades even more. We are going to be going to several locations. They're crying out. The pastors are crying out for training, but it costs money. The people are crying out for food, but it costs money. Unfortunately, this is a part of our day and age, the money aspect, but our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And every time that you feel like you have nothing to give, that you're with Peter when he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, I guarantee you, you have something that you can give. We need your prayers. We need your participation. Your finances, of course, is always absolutely a part of it, unfortunately. But sometimes one dollar brings one soul. What kind of return is that? Six dollars, one Bible, represents someone who's come to Christ because we want to give them a Bible the minute they receive Christ so that they have the opportunity to receive the word of life into them so that they can grow and they can face living for Jesus in a world that frowns upon them. I want to encourage you today to look beyond what you think you are able to do or not to do and step into what God says you are able to do and that with God, all things are possible. I know there's somebody here today that you've never decided to make the choice to ask Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord. You've heard the words. You've seen the people that sometimes act right and sometimes don't. But I tell you today, you are here because God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you as you are. Would everybody close their eyes, please? Throughout the whole house, you're lucky because usually I make people stand up if they want to do this. I want to challenge you. 
When you follow Christ, you are not stepping into this nice little family, this nice little favored position. You are stepping into a life where you die to yourself and you surrender to him. You step into a life where you are guaranteed all of his promises. And you are guaranteed when you choose him to be a part of his family. He will be your strength. He will love you. He will reveal himself to you. Today, God is pulling at you. Are you going to be the rubber band that snaps back and move away from him? Or are you going to be the one that steps in and says, I don't know it all, but I know I need you. I know I need you. I don't need man. I don't need money. I need you. So today, if that's you, and you want to make this your step into being with Jesus, I would ask you to raise your hand. Many times... We think we're walking with God and we're not. We know of him, but we don't know him. Today is your day. What will it be? I ask that you just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I understand that you are the only one that can forgive me of my sins. That today I need you. I ask you to clean me. Wash me. Forgive me and bring me into your family. I don't know it all, but I know I want you. So I lay my life down. And I ask you to pick it up and make me yours. Amen. If you've done that today, I invite you to let one of the pastors know or myself. Because the next part of your journey is to learn the love that he has for you. be a part of something that is beyond your imagination and to take you somewhere where you never thought you'd go. God bless you. joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time.
And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.